Good morning. It's nice to be here with you this morning. My name's Sarah, if we haven't met before. And um, I used to be around here a lot, but then I moved to Melbourne to study and train as a Salvation Army officer. So if you're new here in the last 12 months, we might not have met before, but there's lots of familiar faces out there, which is pretty nice to come home to. So we're kicking off a new series this week, um, a new series that's going to run over the next about five weeks, and it's called Live Courageous. We're basically setting the foundation today for the next couple of weeks and what it means for us to be courageous in our thinking, courageous in times of waiting, and courageous in our relationships. So um, we're going to set that foundation this morning. Now, um, a couple of years ago, I was in Dubai. I know, tough life. And um, I went to this water park, and I went on this slide, which is quite famous. You might have heard of it before. It's called the Leap of Faith. Okay, and I really like the description on the website, which says, plunge from a height of nine stories as you speed down a near vertical drop right at the center of a lagoon that's teeming with sharks and stingrays. That sounds pretty, pretty cool, right? So you can see this pool here that you sort of plunge down into is filled with sharks and stingrays. Now, you don't actually touch the sharks and stingrays. You're quite well protected, but, you know, whatever, it looks pretty cool. Now, I want to tell you that I conquered this slide fearlessly. But the truth is, I was terrified. I, uh, I did this with Rebecca when we were overseas, and we made our way up the tower, and the higher you get up that tower, you know those towers at like Wet and Wild or whatever, and they're sort of exposed, and they go up very high, and you have to walk the entire way. And by the time I got up the top, I was like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? I was shaking. It doesn't help that when you get up there, all you can see is this metal bar that you hang on to when you sit down, and that's it. You just get in, and you have to let go. Now, I can totally see why people walk all the way up the top, and they freak out, and they get scared, and they just walk back down. Someone once lost a million dollars or something crazy like that on The Amazing Race, because they could not just suck up their fear and go down this slide. And you know, if I'd based my decisions on my feelings that day, I don't think I would have gone on it. But you know, instead in that moment, I chose to remind myself of the facts. The facts that thousands and thousands of people had gone on this ride before me and no one, as far as I'm aware, had died. The fact that actually these rides are made for people to have fun on. They're not made to injure people or hurt them or make them snap their leg, which is what I thought that I would do. And then eventually, once Rebecca had done it, the fact that she would have paid me out endlessly had I chickened out. It wasn't that I wasn't scared anymore. We went on that slide a few more times over our trip. I was just as scared each time. It was that I made a decision to act despite my fear, despite my feelings, and I think that's what courage is about. You would have heard that quote in the video earlier from Nelson Mandela. It says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. It's not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. See, courage as we understand it today is the mental or moral strength to venture, persevere and withstand danger, fear or difficulty. See, it's not the absence of those things in our life. 
It's our ability, our choice to push through them. And the verse that's going to set the foundation for this series that we're going to keep coming back to comes from 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 to 14. Some of our young people might recognize this from a theme we had a few years ago. It says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. And I've been learning a little bit of Greek last semester back at college, so I want to teach you the Greek word that comes in this sentence for the term be courageous, and it's androzomai. I said it very Australian. They would say it much more Greek, but that's okay. And it's to make a man of or to make brave. Be courageous. It's the translation for the Greek of be men constantly or be mature men. It's not about women being men or vice versa. It's not about gender. The essence is about maturity. Grow up or more literally do the things that grown men do. Paul is saying to the people, be courageous, be grown-ups. Make choices based on what you know. Make rational, biblical decisions, not based on what you feel. See, courage is about good judgment. It's about acting on thoughts that have been developed that we know to be true. Courage isn't about feelings. It doesn't come from a childlike place. It's not dependent on how we might feel in the moment. But the good thing for us is that courage can be built. Just like it takes time and intentionality to grow and mature, we can build up courage in our lives. So this morning we're going to backtrack a bit through scripture and if you want to turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1 that was read for us earlier. You know, this is quite a well-known scripture, quite often quoted out of context to give a bit of encouragement and that's not necessarily a bad thing but there's so much more to it when we look at this whole passage. So if you have a look at it, God's people are in this key point in their experience. They hadn't entered the promised land And God reminds Joshua, their leader, what it's going to take for them to see this hope fulfilled, how they're going to get there. God says to Joshua, you need to get ready. The land I promised Moses, it's coming to you. It's all yours. No one is going to be able to hold it out against you. I'm going to be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. Now, I think Joshua has every right to be scared in this moment. Moses has just died and the people he had to lead had been wandering around the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience. It was a tough crowd to lead. As the assistant to Moses, Joshua would have seen that experience, how draining it was, how hard it was to keep pushing the people to where they needed to go. The fear for Joshua as that new season began could have been totally overwhelming but it doesn't end there. There's a command that goes with this promise that God would be with Joshua. And it's a command that's repeated three times in this scripture. In verse, and it ends in verse nine. It says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's a command God says to Joshua, I give you this land, it's not going to be taken from you, but you have to be strong and courageous. Joshua had a role to play in God's promise for his people. 
and we too can take steps to live more courageously as we trust in the promises that God gives us. We can actually take steps along the way to help us get there. So this morning, I just want to spend a couple of moments looking at three key things that come out of this scripture that teach us how to build courage. And the first one, and perhaps one of the most important, is that we read God's word. How do we build courage? We read the scripture. See, in order to be strong and courageous, Joshua needed to understand and he needed to apply the teaching of the word of God. Verse 8 says, Don't for the... For a minute, let the book of Revelation be out of mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night. Verse 8 in another translation says, Keep your book always, keep his book always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Speak about it. Make decisions based on it. Share it with other people. Keep it always on your lips. See, meditation is about doing something over and over until we sort of start to absorb it. We allow it to take over, we allow it to become a priority. And, you know, I don't want to count how many mistakes I've made in life because I want to figure it out my way. I don't want to turn to the Word of God, to listen to what God's saying. And so many of us genuinely want to know what God wants from us, genuinely want to know what we should do. But sometimes we don't spend much time reading what God wants. You know, so many people have said to me over time, especially when I was a youth pastor, young people have said to me, I just don't hear the voice of God. I don't hear from God. But yet their Bibles sit on the bedside table. The app remains unopened in their phone. One thing I've learned over time as I've studied God's word, as I've spent time with him each day, is that if we don't hear God's voice, we can read God's voice. I know we harp on about this all the time. Well, maybe not so much me because I haven't been here for 12 months, but certainly Phil and Rebecca, so I feel like I can have another turn at harping on about this this morning. But, you know, reading your Bible every day is truly the simplest way to get to know God better, to understand what God wants from us, to connect with him. So I want to encourage you this morning as your year kicks off, as you get back into the rhythm of life, that you make reading the Bible a priority. And you know, if you don't like to sit there and read with a nice chair and a lamp, that's okay. Listen to it. I downloaded um, the Bible, well, I already had the Bible app, but I downloaded a new plan to see me through 2020. And it's um, one that is commented on by Nikki Gumbel, who wrote the Alpha course, if anyone's ever done that. And you know, literally every day it's got the scripture reading, some commentary, and I can literally just hit a play button and it's read to me doesn't cost money to buy scripture or to, to listen to it anymore. You can just do it all for free. So I want to encourage you, make room on your drive to work as you go for a run. Read or listen to God's voice. But you know, reading alone and just knowing God's word isn't enough. We have to put it into practice. And that's our second point this morning that comes from this passage, comes from this encouragement to Joshua. Verse 8 says, making sure you practice everything that is written in it. See, practice is about doing something over and over again, about being consistent even when we're not feeling it or seeing results as quickly as we'd like. Because, you know, practice is hard. It's hard work. But repetition and consistency lead to growth. It helps us to get to where we want to be. 
You know, there's this great verse in Proverbs. It comes from Proverbs 6, verses 6 to 8. And it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food in the harvest. Like, what is a sluggard? That sounds disgusting. But in this context, what it's referring to is a person who takes the path in life that causes them little or no pain, the path of least resistance. Sound familiar sometimes? We want the easy way. But what can the ant teach us? Go to the ant. Have you ever watched ants? Have you ever considered their ways? Anyone ever have an ant farm as a kid? One of these? Yeah? I probably had one, I think. They're a bit gross, really, aren't they? Like, who wants to bring... Ants are meant to be outside, these are inside, whatever, it's gross. But, you know, you see, they help us to see what happens when we're consistent, when we practice something over and over again. Nothing much happens in the first couple of days, and then slowly, bit by bit, we see these ants, one grain of sand at a time, shifting and building this city, and then when we take a step back, we see this incredibly intricate lot of tunnels that are forming. It's incredible. We have this whole city But how did it get like that? Bit by bit, one grain of sand at a time. And I think courage is built a bit like this. We can maybe put that off. (laughs) Now you've seen it, (laughs) seen all there is to see. It's about putting in small, achievable goals and doing them over and over again. Practice doing what God has commanded us to do over and over again. See, practice is the way that we live courageous. Sometimes we have this problem because we have a craving to have it all or to get to where we're going without putting in any work. If an ant looks at one grain of sand and says, well, that's not a city yet, then the city never gets built. Most of us don't get where we want to be without any work. Most of our dreams don't land in our lap. The development of our character certainly doesn't happen overnight. You know, if I read God's word, and I feel challenged by Jesus' example of kindness, I don't just automatically become a kind person. But if I read God's word and I feel challenged by the example of kindness and I make a decision to practice kindness every day, then over time, slowly but surely, I will become a kind person. See, for Joshua, he would build the courage he needed to lead God's people by practicing what was written in God's scripture in God's word. He knew the promise. He knew God would be with him, just as God is with us. But in order to lead the people where they needed to go, he had to keep them on track. He needed to keep them obedient to the laws that were written in scripture to help them practice over and over the instructions that were given. Now, of course, we live in a different time. We live in the freedom from those laws that were commanded and practiced in Joshua's day. We're not bound by religious practices and we live in light of the death and the resurrection of Christ. We live in freedom. But still, I think this principle of practice applies. Rather than laws, we might think about practicing love and kindness, humility, forgiveness. The things that we read about Jesus doing and the teaching of people like Paul, they're just not nice stories They're not just articulate pieces of writing for us to read. They're meant to be put into practice, perhaps in some circumstances where we might be scared or uncertain. 
See, courageous living often means pushing through despite our fears and despite our insecurities. It's stepping out each day and facing the challenges that come with the assurance of God's word and presence. Marianne Radmach sums it up well when she says that courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the little voice at the end of the day that says, I'll try again tomorrow. I'll keep persisting. Perhaps the maturity, living with maturity like the men that Paul was talking about in that verse of Corinthians suggests that our self-awareness is increased, that we have the capacity to say, I really didn't get it right today, but that we won't give up on it tomorrow. Perhaps it's having the strength to pick up the next grain of sand and move it into place, even when the hope of a future city is far off. So to build courage, we have to read God's word, we have to meditate on it, we have to absorb it, and we have to put it into practice. And the third thing that I think that this passage teaches us is not really another step or an action, but it's actually how we should approach the first two things. And it's to build courage, we need to give our all. Verse 7 says, Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you, every bit of it. Don't get off track, either left or right, so as to make sure you get where you're going. See, in the NIV translation, it says, be strong and courageous, three times. But in the message, in the paraphrase, one of these times it says, give it everything you have, heart and soul. That's how it's translated. Because strength and courage is actually something that we do. We give it all we got, we make it a priority. If you want to be courageous in your thinking, in your waiting, in your relationships, then you have to be intentional about first building this God-given courage into your life. Courage that isn't just about overcoming fear, but that's about growth and maturity. Courage that's about acting like men. And the only way to get there is to pour everything we have, heart and soul, into the reading and the practice of God's word. Now, I don't know what you're stepping into in 2020. Perhaps you need courage as you step out into a new job. Maybe it's a big year at school for some people. Maybe a change in location, a new living arrangement. Or perhaps for many of us, it's the courage to face pretty much the same stuff as last year. Plowing forward with a degree, with our jobs, with the same old, same old. Sometimes facing what's familiar takes just as much courage as stepping into something new. But to build courage, we have to give it everything we have, heart and soul, especially in the reading and practice of God's word. And the more that we do that, the more secure we're going to become in the decisions. Where's God leading me? I don't know, maybe I'll turn to scripture. It doesn't mean that we won't be afraid. It just means that we build the skills and the character that allow us to act despite our fears, despite our uncertainties. And so this morning as you reflect or maybe look forward to a new year, we're going to sing this song that we sang earlier. And you can spend some time in reflection, but I actually think that this song is a bit of a declaration. It's quite active. 
where it says, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And I think that's what courage is as well. It's that choice to stand. Yes, we're all surrounded by God's love. We're loved unconditionally. But sometimes for our own sake, we have to step into that to understand God better, to understand what it means to step out in his love. So as we sing this morning, I'd invite you, spend a moment in reflection, but just as an act of saying, you know, I'm going to step into 2020 courageously. I'm going to pick up each grain of sand as I need to and move forward to where God wants me to be. I would invite you to stand as we sing. And of course, as always, the place of prayer is open and we would love to come and pray with you if you would like. But just as we sing this morning, if you want to declare that, stand with us.